we do here is go back, 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 back. Hello and welcome to Turbo Geeks, a short format pod where dope people talk about dope topics. On today's episode, The Weekly Geek, a column on all the news and entertainment that I care about, at least. First off, I do have a number of reviews coming up. I'm waiting to get my schedule aligned with some guests so that uh, it's not just all me and all my opinion, because uh, I think this works a lot better too uh, as a discussion and or a debate for some things. Anyways, what we're looking at is obviously the last episode and final thoughts on Game of Thrones. Uh, number two, John Wick, chapter three, Parabellum, which was uh, the last movie I saw in the theaters, which was awesome. Quick review. Uh and the long overdue Avengers Endgame, which I have a lot of thoughts about. Uh, a great way to end a series of something, HBO. Anyways, Avengers is finally at $2.7 billion worldwide at the box office. They are up to $807 million here in the U.S. alone. So they're probably on track to beat out the long-standing record holder, uh, Avatar. Um, and there's a lot of news from uh, the, the Disney Corporation. Um, so speaking of what I, I think I was talking about it in the last pod, the last Weekly Geek, uh, that there is another movie, Star Wars movie, coming out in 2022. Yeah, it's coming from Benioff and Weiss. Obviously fresh off of Game of Thrones, but it's a little unfortunate given the timing of the reception of the last episode. So being able to close stuff out, uh, they're not looking so hot, right? Uh, And or the execution, the expectation of how they were going to wrap it up. Granted, you know, if it's a if it's their own story set within the Star Wars universe, maybe they're going to do better, right? Season six of Game of Thrones was awesome, I would say. Uh, But those are some of the things that you kind of just have to keep in mind as we go here. Benioff's solo track record uh, for film writing include things like Troy featuring Eric Bana, Orlando Bloom, and Brad Pitt as Achilles as well as X-Men Origins Wolverine. So you take that how you will. I know that was panned by a lot of people, and not a lot of people like that film, myself included. But, I mean, you know, they're the ones with the, the contract, right? So we're going to all probably see that movie anyways. Uh, again, speaking of Disney, they're going to assume full control of Hulu in a deal with Comcast. And what does that mean for you? That means in about five years, you're probably going to have to get a new NBC Universal app since they'll be uh, they'll be switched up with Disney Plus, which is Disney's streaming service that comes out later this year, uh, which will that's why a lot of people have haven't noticed some of the Disney properties staying on Netflix. They've all been leaving slowly. So that's that's why. You're you're gonna have to get this new service if you want access to those things. Um 
Speaking of the Mouse House, Disney's live-action Aladdin is now out in theaters. It came out last week. They've released multiple trailers and a bunch of clips. Um, one was the, the Prince Ali musical number. And as Arthur Chu tweets, Look what you can do with totally animated choreography where anything you can imagine can happen with total freedom. Or you can do actual choreography, like in a Broadway show where what's exciting is real dancers performing live. This CGI heavy live action is the worst of both worlds, which is a pretty gnarly burn. That said, the premiere happened and tons of critics were quote unquote pleasantly surprised about the film. So maybe if you go in with lowered expectations like a lot of people, I know the clips I saw did not inspire a lot of confidence, but a lot of the critics that I follow that I do trust say that you should go in, you're, you're probably going to enjoy it like they did, if, you, if your expectations aren't that high. And I don't know that many people who hold Aladdin as like the number one um, Disney film for themselves, but that's something to just consider. So what's out in theaters this week? Number one, the thing that I'm most excited about and hopefully can get to this weekend is Godzilla, King of Monsters. This is a sequel to a couple of years back, Gareth Edwards's Godzilla. Um, also out is Rocket Man, the Elton John story featuring Taron Egerton uh, and Ma, which is looks pretty creepy. Uh, last week we saw Aladdin come out, uh, uh, an indie film. Olivia Wilde's uh, dec- uh, directorial debut, uh, Booksmart, came out, which is obviously, it's, it's like a festival darling right now. Everyone's uh, talking about it. And then Brightburn, which is essentially a film that takes the premise of Superman, like an alien crash landing on Earth and being raised by a, an American family. And, you know, he turns out to be... Uh, Superman as we know it, what if what if he became an asshole and got uh, power hungry because he knew he could be, you know, powerful or that powerful with those superpowers? That's essentially the premise of the film. And they make it super creepy. It's uh, starring Elizabeth Banks. So for those who are into it, go check that out. Otherwise, trailers that have been put out recently, um, the next film in the Terminator series, Terminator Dark Fate, which will be the direct sequel to Terminator 2. So in, in this film that's coming out, it is Terminator, Terminator 2 Judgment Day, and then Terminator Dark Fate. They're ignoring all Terminator 3, uh, whatever the one was with Christian Bale, and then uh, Terminator Genesis. Uh, so... Linda Hamilton is back as a, a super older uh, Sarah Connor and obviously battle-hardened and whatnot. And then Stallone is... Or not Stallone, sorry. Schwarzenegger is back as an old Terminator again, but we'll see how they get around this in this story. Anyways, uh, The Lion King has been showing some TV spots to show some of its animation and stuff. They still have not let... Uh, any footage slip out with Donald Glover's voice acting or Beyonce's voice acting in it, but they have shown some stuff with James Earl Jones reprising his role as Mufasa. Um, And then, what was it? Uh, Billy Eshner and Seth Rogen as uh, Timon and Pumbaa. 
doing one of the songs there and showing the iconic silhouette of Simba, Timon, and Pumbaa walking on a log in front of the moon. But it's a little weird for some people who expect the animation and, and are seeing some like realistic animal there. Uh, what else came out? Rambo, Last Blood. That's why I said Stallone, because Stallone is bringing out his franchise too. And it looks like he's living on a farm that he's got to defend from some, some bad people. So we'll see what happens there. And a great naming title. You know, Rambo First Blood. And the series is going to end with Rambo Last Blood. Fantastic. Uh, Abominable is one of the next animated films from DreamWorks, which includes this little girl who, uh, not a little girl, but a girl, a young girl who wants to travel the world, plays a violin and finds a Yeti on her roof. And the Yeti is like magical and she wants to help him return home to wherever he's from. Uh, magical stuff ensues. Toy Story 4. The trailer number two came out, and it's featuring Duke Kaboom, voiced by Keanu Reeves. It looks like a little, uh, a little port of, uh, oh, what's his name? Super Dave, or I guess Evil Knievel, more like. <laughs> Super Dave's a, a parody of that. But Evil Knievel, stuntman on a motorcycle, and he's helping out Woody and Buzz and uh, Bo Peep and stuff. Always Be My Maybe featuring Randall Park and Ali Wong is coming to Netflix, but also doing a limited theatrical run in the Brown cities, including Seattle. Uh, so go check your local listings and go support that. Otherwise, Pixar did put out another trailer for a movie called Onward, which is like, you know, a lot of high fantasy stuff with elves and gnomes and uh, unicorns and stuff happen in like medieval times. They're essentially like, turning the tables forward and was like, what if it was modern right now? So Tom Holland and Chris Pratt play these two like goblin dudes. Uh, and it's like a coming of age road trip story. It sounds like they took Chris Pratt as star Lord talking like Thor in Avengers infinity war and like gave him a character. Uh, and that's like who he's playing. So you know, that, that trailer ends with cometh soon and all that stuff. You'd, ha you'd have to see it. Uh, it potentially could be interesting. Um, so, yeah, that, that one's there. And then Quentin Tarantino's next film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, also just dropped. Uh, that's starring Leonardo DiCaprio as a film star. Brad Pitt as his stunt double. And Al Pacino, Margot Robbie, and it's about... Helter Skelter and the death of Lauren, Lauren Tate, uh, Roman Polanski's wife, uh, with all that crazy stuff that happened back then. Um, yeah. And so my favorite theater right now, Cinerama, they just released or uh, just released, just let go of Avengers Endgame. And now they're playing Godzilla, King of Monsters. And in, June, they will be playing Toy Story 4. And then after that, there'll be a couple days of a break, which means they'll probably do some like festival films or old school movies or something like that. And then they'll have Spider-Man Far From Home, which is the, the uh, this would be the epilogue to the entirety of 
the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the ending that we really want, and probably the thing that discusses a lot of the fallout from the events in Endgame. Uh, so that is a spoiler-heavy trailer because it it deals with the aftermath of Avengers Endgame. So if you haven't seen that, don't watch this trailer. But if you have, check it out because it's there's some funky things. So I'll, I'll save the, the deeper conversation for the Avengers Endgame uh, megapod that's going to come out, but... That's something to keep in mind. In the world of television, did you know that Arthur, the beloved kids TV show on PBS, just celebrated with their 22nd season premiere? Uh... And if you didn't hear about it already, um, th- their teacher, Mr. Ratburn, comes out as gay and gets married. Uh, but it isn't this ham-fisted kind of thing. They kind of just play it off. And I uh, I didn't see the episode, but I, I read enough of it uh, already that they they play it off as this. Uh, there's this. He's obviously getting married. The kids are getting ready to go attend this uh, wedding ceremony. And they, they see this, you know, uh, lady who's like all up in Mr. Ratburn's business about like getting prepared and stuff. So they assume she's the bride and it turns out, uh, skip ahead 30 seconds. If you don't want to know this, uh, it turns out that, uh, the, the bridezilla person is actually Mr. Ratburn's sister and the nice, uh, candy man. They, they go to like a chocolate shop or something like that. Uh, it turns out to be the, the groom as well. And so they're pleasantly surprised uh, at the entire ordeal. So another great, you know, it's, it's, it was a great show when I was a kid. Um, it's going to be a great show for my daughter now uh, if it continues playing. But that's something that's really cool uh, and, and great to kind of see happen in our media nowadays. Um, the CW's The Flash just wrapped up its season five finale. It gets a, a big meh on the entirety of this last season. Uh, actually, the last couple of seasons, to be honest. But I can't stop watching the show. It's my like weird guilty pleasure that I'll have in the background as I'm like typing up lesson plans and writing emails and stuff. Um, but one of the other cool things that's happening at the CW and their DC TV shows is Batwoman is coming out. And it's featuring Ruby Rose from like... What was she? She was in John Wick Chapter 2. She was also in Orange is the New Black. Uh, she's going to be the titular character. Um, and it looks pretty awesome. Go check out that trailer. Look it up. Uh, here's a little snippet of all that. Actually, this is pretty long. Yeah, fuck it. We'll talk about it anyways. Kate Kane, Ruby Rose, never planned to be Gotham's new vigilante. Three years after Batman mysteriously disappeared, Gotham is a city in despair. Without a Cape Crusader... The Gotham City Police Department was overrun and outgunned by criminal gangs. Enter Jacob Kane, the great Doug Ray Scott, um, and his military-grade Crows Private Security, which now protects the city with omnipresent firepower and militia. Years before, Jacob's first wife and daughter were killed in a crossfire. In the crossfire of Gotham crime, he sent his only surviving daughter, Kate Kane, away from Gotham for her safety. She ended up joining the military after a dishonorable discharge from military school and years of brutal survival training. Kate returns home 
when the Alice in Wonderland gang targets her father and his security firm by kidnapping his best crow officer, Sophie Moore. Although remarried to a wealthy socialite, Catherine Hamilton Kane, who bankrolls, who bankrolls the crow, Jacob is still struggling with the family he lost, while keeping Kate, the daughter he still has, at a distance. But Kate is a woman who's done asking for permission. In order to help her family and her city, she'll have to become the one thing her father loathes. A dark knight vigilante. With the help of her compassionate stepsister, Mary, and the crafty Luke Fox, the son of Wayne Enterprises tech guru, Lucius Fox, Kate Kane continues the legacy of her missing cousin, Bruce Wayne, as Batwoman. Still holding a flame for her ex-girlfriend, Sophie, Kate uses everything in her power to combat the dark machinations of the psychotic Alice, who's somewhere slipping between sane and insane. Armed with a passion for social justice, uh-oh, social justice warrior alert for those who get triggered by that kind of stuff, but it's cool with me. And a flair for speaking her mind, Kate soars through the shadowed streets of Gotham as Batwoman. But don't call her a hero yet. In a city desperate for her savior, she must first overcome her own demons before embracing the call to be Gotham's symbol of hope. I know that was really long. I don't know why I read all of it. Uh, but it's fun. And if you see it, I'm, I'm pretty sure you might be a fan. It looks pretty cool. The The costume is really nice. And I like the... I like. I actually like Ruby Rose as that character. She she's great. Um, finally, the trailers for season five of Black Mirror on Netflix dropped, and apparently, while we'll only have three episodes, they're gonna be longer episodes and include an all star cast, um, including Andrew Scott. I forget his name. the The newer Moriarty from the newer Sherlock, the Benedict Cumberba- Cumberbatch Sherlock. He'll be in it. Anthony Mackie and Yaya Mateen II, Miley Cyrus, and the daughter from The Nice Guys, a.k.a. Betty Brandt from Spider-Man Far From Home. I forget her name. Uh, One's about an app slash business called Smithereens. That's the one that Moriarty is in. One's about a fighting game and an introspection about a relationship. That's with uh, Anthony Mackie and Yaya Mateen II. And then one's about fandom and related tech from that fandom. And that's the one with the nice guys' daughter and uh, Miley Cyrus, who plays another like huge pop star there. And essentially, uh, she has her own little robot assistant that you could buy from home and it like, starts reacting and stuff like that. Anyways, you know, if you're, if you're a fan of Black Mirror, it's that kind of craziness where it kind of asks some deep questions as far as all that stuff is concerned. And finally, 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 today is May, Friday, May the 31st, and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge just opened up in Disneyland. Um, You'll need a reservation if you try to attend uh, from now through June 23rd. Um, It opens to the public with no reservation required on June 24th. But they are they are going to limit capacity, and they're going to be watching numbers and stuff. This is the biggest expansion that's ever happened at any of the uh, Disneyland, Disney World resorts. But this first one will be Disneyland, um, and it opened today. There are plenty of videos. Uh, Disneyland's YouTube had a, a ceremony that they put up. Um, 
Let's see here. And that was pretty cool watching it the entire time. It was christened by Bob Iger, the president and CEO of uh, Disney. And Billy D. Williams was there, as well as Mark Hamill, as well as Harrison Ford. So you get all the old guys to come and christen uh the the entire place since the main attraction or the centerpiece of the entire um uh, land right there is the millennium falcon like a a, a two scale sized millennium falcon um the disney world version is going to be open at the end of august uh in florida otherwise yeah like i said uh, Millennium Falcon, there's a creature store. You can pick up porgs, uh, lizards, all, like all the alien, tauntauns, all the aliens that you know from the Star Wars universe. Uh, there's a droid building station. There's a lightsaber building station. And best believe, whenever I go, if I have my daughter with me or not, I'm hitting up both of those and coming back with some. There is a video called First in the Galaxy beautiful video, emotional video about the first people allowed in. And it wasn't just employees. It wasn't, it wasn't, uh, necessarily, uh, star Wars HQ people either. They were fans. Uh, one was a droid builder, a female, um, black lady who was also a droid builder who brought her brother, uh, family, whose reaction video of the little uh, daughter to episode seven um, trailer went viral because of the joy. She had obviously been raised in Star Wars, so recognizing a lot of the things, BB-8, the Millennium Falcon, and all that stuff. It's That's an awesome video too, but uh, because they went viral, they were contacted. And a family who does cosplay for charity, uh, they are a family of four. Um, all All of them were allowed in as like, literally the first in the galaxy to go and play and see uh this new land so that it's a great video if you want to check it out um one of the main attractions there will be smuggler's run which is a six-person ride in the millennium falcon where one person pilots another person co-pilots one is the gunner um and a couple other positions in there as well but it looks super fun uh, I can't wait until we get into that as well. There is going to be another ride, which is apparently going to be one of the best rides there because it's obviously the newest ride and has the most technology in it. But it's not quite open yet, and apparently it'll open later this year. My hope is that when we plan, our current tentative plan is to go sometime in the fall. So hopefully it'll be out there ready to go. Shout out to uh, Sheena's cousin, Steph a.k.a. SoCal, who is about to take her daughter, uh, Lily's cousin, over for her birthday in a month to Disneyland, at least. So I don't know if they're going to plan to get into the into, into Star Wars land, a.k.a. Galaxy's Edge, a.k.a. Batu, because this obviously is going to play canon. There, There's a story within this, uh, the land that will take place and help build... Um, and fill out some things as far as the journey to episode 9 later this year. 
Um, watching some other things there about the food. Let me talk about the food here. Number one, there's a place called Docking Bay 7 where they have something called the Tip Yip, which is essentially chicken with a, like a, a fried chicken breast. But it's shaped kind of funny, so I don't know if people are going to be into that. Um, it, it's just like shaped like a brick. So it's like a large chicken nugget, I'm assuming, uh, with mashed potatoes and gravy. Uh, there are ribs with a blueberry muffin. The ribs apparently had a little kick to it, and a lot of people are like weirded out. Like, why are you pairing this with a blueberry muffin? But apparently it's a great pairing. Uh, there's a yoshab, yob, yob shrimp noodle salad, which is apparently like a lot of Vietnamese um, influence because essentially a noodle and shrimp uh, is like, you know, a vermicelli bowl kind of thing. But there's a lot of shrimp, at least what I saw. Uh, there's moof juice, which is essentially a, a citrus cooler for all those moof milkers out there. And they do look like they're expanding with a little bit more of there's like a Mediterranean Eastern kind of thing. They have uh, some kefta with hummus and pita for the vegetarians. I don't know if it's vegan, but uh, it's nice to have those options. And, and shit, man, like some fresh veggies in some food there. It's hard because, you know, in parks and whatnot, you're just it's all sugar and it's all fried food. So yeah, I'm I'm happy that Star Wars Land is getting all these like fresher looking foods and like things that look grilled and so on and so forth. Um, there is a Ronto Roasters, which is droid labor. They're the ones roasting for you. Uh, there's something called the Ronto Wrap, which is check this out: pork sausage wrapped in pork tenderloin, wrapped in a pita with some slaw in it. And apparently it's really good. A lot of people are raving about the sausage. They're not quite sure about the tenderloin uh, cut in there. But, uh, you know, double the pork, I guess, is double the flavor. And then there's uh, a first for Star Wars, uh, for, first for Disneyland proper. Not, not California Adventure, but Disneyland proper. Oga's Cantina. You will be able to get alcohol in Disneyland now. Uh, it's Oga's Cantina is a cantina, like a Star Wars cantina. It's a bar that's playing the cantina theme, cantina music from Star Wars. You can get something called a fuzzy tauntaun, which is like uh, peach snaps and uh, peach juice and vodka. Um, Jabba, Jabba juice or something like that, which is orange, orange kiwi, cantaloupe. And uh, there are some uh, alien pets inside of the cantina. And apparently those animals eggs are going to be put in that too but it's essentially just boba and that's a juice that's uh that's non-alcoholic um there's cat katsaka's kettle sweet and spicy popcorn which was described as a chili lime and blueberry lemon somebody was like it's also it's also like fruity pebbles but there's a little bit of kick in some of it and it's very colorful. Uh, there's blue Chardonnay. It, it apparently is just Chardonnay, but it's blue. It's it's tinted blue, and so of course it's fantastic and more fun, and obviously relatable to Star Wars Land. There is something called Oga's Obsession, which is uh, this is food now jelly with uh, blueberry popping pearls, probably like the drink. There's oi oi puffs stuffed with passion fruit. 
batu bonds, which are essentially chocolate cake and coffee custard, which is essentially tiramisu. And they're going to have breakfast options for those who are up early. Things like sweet rolls, uh, overnight oats with dragon fruit. And I love seeing that they're getting some quote-unquote exotic fruits up in there. Things like, what did we say already? Passion fruit, dragon fruit, uh, and things like uh, boba. It, that's awesome. I'm, I'm glad that they're, they're really taking it out and trying to be a little more worldly with their food choices. Uh, otherwise, one of the big, the big pulls here is milk. They have colored milks here. They have blue bantha milk and green milk. Uh, apparently the blue milk is like one person described it as horchata and then a different person described it as uh, more of a pina colada. And these are uh, non-alcoholic as well. So kind of weird that they both said that because I think they're, you know, one's more cinnamon-like, one's more coconutty, pineapple-y. And the green one apparently is a little more floral, but somebody else called it like a limey cereal milk, which does not sound that pleasing, but, you know, we're all going to have to go try it. And unfortunately, it's not straight from a titty, so you're going to have to enjoy it in a cup. Take some pictures, all that good stuff. I, for one, can't wait until I can go there. And it's going to be really, really hard. I was trying to kind of hold my excitement back for a lot of this. But then watching those videos um, from the Disneyland Resort YouTube really messed me up. And I want to be there, like, now. And our last category will be music. Uh, number one, there is a new tuxedo track. If you don't know who tuxedo is, it's a it's a group comprised of Mayor Hawthorne, the singer slash musician, and uh, Seattle native producer extraordinaire Jake One. Uh, they make some fantastic funk soul music. It's great. Uh, this is definitely a summer track here, and you can find it on the Turbo Geeks Spotify playlist on Spotify, um, but it's great. Other than that, I don't really care for a lot of the new music that's out, uh, but I did just come across one of Anderson Pock's earlier produced projects called Cover Art, which is an all-covers EP. Um, He was inspired by the white artists of the 1950s who achieved commercial success by remaking uh, songs written by black blues and R&B singers. Uh, And, you know, the the original artists, the composers, and the people who came up with these songs were hardly ever compensated. Um, So cover art reversed the process and transformed folk and rock classics from white musicians into the mold of soul, funk, uh, jazz, left field pop, hip hop, and R&B. The album was released by the independent Hellfire Club and OBE labels. And song, the, the here's the, the track listing. Uh, it's the Yeah Yeah Yeah's Maps, the White Stripes Seven Nation Army, the Postal Service's Such Great Heights, the Beatles' Blackbird, Neil Young's Heart of Gold, and Toto's Hold the Line. You can find it in its entirety on SoundCloud, 
And obviously you could play it somewhere on YouTube, but you know, if you're not already familiar with Anderson Pock, he's got a great story. He's a full musician. Um, if you know him as a musician, you probably know him more for his ability on drums, but he also plays bass and he's obviously a singer and a rapper too. Uh, I would say his profile blew up a little bit more, not, not with his, uh, his solo projects. He's got a couple now, but, uh, Dr. Dre found him because he's a California native and put him all over whatever uh, Dr. Dre's last album was. Uh, and he was then getting a lot of attention from that because, uh, Dre had him as the vocalist singing the hooks on some songs as well as doing some rapping. And I'm sure, you know, geeking out with him about production and playing music, playing the drums, coming up with drum tracks and all that stuff. So Anderson was then signed to Aftermath, Dr. Dre's label, and he's since put out two full-length albums on it, but they're they're completely different albums. One's very rapidy rap, which is great, and then the other one's very much like a, um, a neo-soul R&B uh, a funk kind of album. Uh, and they're they're all fantastic, but he's been showing up a lot more and a lot of other things. He I think he's got a great catalog. A lot of his older stuff from his his uh, naming system has been like, uh, like neighborhoods in the L.A. area. So there was Venice, there's Malibu, uh, there's Oxnard, and now something else. No, I don't know. I'm forgetting it. But go check him out. Anderson Pock on SoundCloud, on YouTube, uh, especially go check out his NPR Tiny Desk Concert. That one's awesome. Uh, and it's a great setting because you get to see him play uh, the drums as he sings. And it's like, you know, low paired or low down versions of some of the uh, songs he's had before. Uh, but he's also done Coachella numerous times and... Uh, most, most recently on, I want to say CBS, good morning. He got super emotional singing, uh, make it better, which uh, the, the album track is featuring Smokey Robinson, but it's a great mellow chill track and he gets emotional towards the end. It's, it's, it's pretty good. And he's got a great voice. Shout out DJ, DJ prime, AKA David, cause they're doppelgangers. And that's our show today. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, or anywhere else you like to listen to your podcasts. You can find us on social media. We'll be on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter, at TurboGeeksPod. The intro music is Otis McMusic by Otis McDonald. The outro music is Compton, provided by Anchor.fm. My name is Andrew Bueno. It's Friday. May 31st, this has been Turbo Geeks. Be kind to one another.